The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this Tuesday morning. And we're glad you're with us as we take a few minutes together on this Tuesday to spend some time in God's Word. If you're following along with us in your Bible or phone or tablet, we're going to finish up uh, Acts, uh, Ecclesiastes, excuse me, Ecclesiastes chapter number 8. Uh, so we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter number 8, uh, going from verse 14 uh, to verse 17. Most of this chapter is kind of dealt with as Solomon's working his way to know wisdom and to know knowledge, uh, or kind of moving from the vanity of life without God, without following God, to the wisdom, to seeking wisdom, he's kind of taking this chapter to kind of change his direction, and he's acknowledging there's just a list of things in life that we must surrender to and submit that we necessarily don't have complete control of. And what we're going to talk about in these last few verses is kind of like a concluding thought. As Solomon comes to the end and he makes his kind of concluding thought in this chapter, you kind of see him just saying, I accept it. I, I kind of give up. And I'll explain what I mean by that, give up. Kind of give up in the idea of trying to control things of which I cannot. So let's look at verse number 14, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse number 14. It says, there is, there is a vanity which is done upon the earth, that there must be just men. Unto whom it happeneth according to the work of the wicked, again, there be wicked men. To whom it happened according to the work of the righteous, I said, this is also vanity. He said, there's good things that happen to bad things and vice versa. He says, good or bad, things are going to happen, some good things, some bad. Basically stating that whether I'm good or bad doesn't necessarily decide how things are going to happen. It's empty. There's a lot of vanity in that aspect. Anyway, verse 15, he said, then I commended mirth. Here's what he means by that. Because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry. For that shall abide with him of his labor the days of his life, which God giveth him under the sun. So he kind of comes to the conclusion of all the things that we could try to control, we really can't. And so we have to acknowledge, as we see in this verse, that the greatest thing we can look at is to enjoy the life God has given us. To eat, to drink, to be merry, to look around at the wonderful the delight and the wonderful things that God has allowed us to have at this point. And a lot of us will say, I wish I had more. This person has more. We've mentioned this, and I think it's important to repeat. If we, if we are more consumed with what we think we should have, what we wish we had, then we are likely going to miss what we have right now. Uh, Paul said this, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. He says, I have learned this. It is not something I wake up and I'm content. The human mind always wants more. The human heart, the human soul, the, the human part of us always wants more. We want the, the next best thing. We want something nicer. And we see someone who has it. There, there's this part of envy and jealousy that can naturally breed in. And if we're not careful, it can grow. And so we got to learn. We've got to learn that we very content and happy and grateful for what God has given us. And then we do that when God gives us more, we can be content with that. But if we're not looking at what God has given us, the, the, the ability to go earn money and what he's allowed us to have with the money we have, uh, if we're not content with that, by the way, if we're not content with what we have, we will never be content with what we can get. Can we say that again? If we are not content with what we have, 
We will never be content with what we can get. Everybody says, well, if I have a bigger house, I have a bigger, I promise you. Because the moment you get a bigger house, there are bigger homes in your neighborhood. The moment you get a nicer car, someone's gonna drive by with a nicer car. The moment you get the nicer of what you're looking for, there's always something better. So if I believe contentment will come with nicer, well, I'm gonna be frustrated because there's always something nicer out there. Let's continue in verse 16. He says, when I applied my heart to know wisdom, and to see the business that is done upon the earth. For also there is that neither day nor night sleep, see asleep with his eyes. Then I beheld all the work of God, that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun, because though a man labor to seek it out, yet he shall not find it. Yea, further, though a wise man think to know it, yet shall he not be able to find it. So he says in verse 16, I applied my heart to know wisdom. Please remember, it's important to understand, this is the same author who wrote Proverbs. And what did he say in Proverbs? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You cannot disconnect those two. So he says, I desired to know, apply my heart to know wisdom. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You begin to see the connection. You see how he's turning his eyes away from striving to know and understand and find fulfillment in the things of the world. And he's, shall we say, turning his heart back to God, back to wisdom, back to getting to know God. And then he says this, he goes, I wanted to see the business and the things done upon the earth. He goes, there's just, there's just empty. There's a lot of vanity there. When he says, I beheld the works, verse 17 is kind of the concluding thought. And I want to finish or just take the last couple minutes and think about this. What he says in verse 17 is he's, he's just coming to the conclusion of saying, when I have evaluated all of this, the emptiness, or as he calls the vanity of the world, and then I look to the wisdom of God, or I look towards God, here, here's the conclusion I come to. Of all the things in the world that I hope to control, I've got to conclude that I cannot. I can't control the good of the world. I can't control the bad of the world. And while there's things I can do, ultimately some things are just the way they are. We live in a sinful world. What I can do is I can get to know God more. I can seek wisdom more. But ultimately he says, I kind of have to throw up my hands and say, I give up. And what I mean by give up is I give up trying to control. I give up trying to figure things out. A lot of, we talk about this, and we talk about this in church, and it's very true. One of the cores of anxiety, depression, and things of that nature is fear. And a lot of the fear comes by the inability to control the circumstances around us, whether it be work or, or family or finances. And, and because we can't control the things around us, well, then fear drives us uh, to be consumed with a desire and it can become overwhelming. And one of the things that I appreciate when we look at this is one of the greatest forms of strength is to recognize I can't control and I must submit, I must surrender. Now, the term surrender is, is tricky in some areas, it's kind of like giving up. Can I encourage you in the idea of surrendering our concerns and cares and heart to God is different. He t Paul tells us in Philippians, uh, be careful, the word careful literally means anxious, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, give it to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How is that? Well, I, I, will, I won't say that just giving it a prayer, you know, give it to God, stand up, and the problem disappears. It doesn't. And sometimes even the anxiety does it. I must give it to God, and I must trust and submit that God has my best interest at heart. And if I'm walking with him and doing what I know I'm supposed to, I'm in obedience to him. Those are important. If I'm in obedience to him, then I can expect God to do some great things. If otherwise I'm not, 
and I'm kind of sitting back saying, I, I don't, you know, I want to be in control and I want to do my own thing, then I'm not going to enjoy that peace that he gives. I must submit it to God. I, I saw an illustration years ago. I've done it in church. It's, it's better to see, but the simple principle premise is, can you imagine a, a young child playing tug of war with one of the largest, strongest men that you know? It seems silly, doesn't it? I mean, this little kid could fight and fight and fight, pulling on that rope, striving to get his way, while the person he's fighting against probably feels little to no resistance when you think about the different sizes. That's kind of what we're like, this little kid fighting against this huge man. That's what we do with God. We fight and fight and fight because we want control. We want we want to know what's going on. We want power. We want control. But the best thing to do is just to surrender and give it to him. And then we do that. The moment we do that, well, then we can come to him. And here's the unique part. I don't gain control over what's happening in my life. I gain strength through the one who has control. I gain comfort through the one who has control. And then I just trust that God knows what he's doing and God's got power and God is is in control and he is going to be able to accomplish in my life, not just what he wants, although that's true, but what's best for me. Yeah, my son and I, we've been kind of going through this uh, thing in his Bible class and uh, one of the topics was learning to delight in God. And what we do is delight in what God has given us and his creation. And, and, and what it means to delight in God is delight in his, what he's given us, what he's done for us, what we have. We can look around at the beauty we have and it's wonderful to delight in him, it's worship. So learning to delight in what God has given us in the season we're in, it's not easy because our human minds always want more. Our human minds can always come to reasons why we don't do that. But to surrender that and give it to God is one of the, one of the most fundamental spiritual decisions we will make. And I, 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 I'm afraid to say we have to do it on a daily basis as we allow God to work out his process. Again, I must be walking with God close to God to understand what he's doing. I can't just stay at a distance. Uh, one preacher I was listening to a couple days ago made this comment. I like it. He said, I know that God wants to do great things for me, but I have to do my part first. God is waiting for me to do my part first. Once I've done it, then he'll do the miraculous. And if I refuse to do my part, then God will never enact his part. So do my part and then wait to see what God can do and trust that he has my best interest at heart and in the true fulfillment in my life and my family if I just put my trust in him. Well, I hope that uh, you lean upon that today. Trust in him. It's not always easy, but it is truly the most effective way and the most comforting way that we can walk through this journey because God, God does love you and he wants, he, he wants your best, his best, but the best for your life. Thanks again for joining us on this Tuesday morning and giving us a chance to be part of your day. I truly hope it's an encouragement. Whatever you find yourselves in, sometimes things completely outside your control, trust in him, stay close to him, walk in him, and just wait and see how it is that he will work even the worst of circumstances or the most confusing of circumstances for his glory. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope it's an encouragement. We hope you continue to join us throughout the week and let us be a hopefully encouragement to you. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.